What's good, listeners? Welcome to the Chris College Show, Millennial Bunker Edition. Good morning, Marissa. How's it going, fam? Oh, my gosh. Amazingly awesome. I'm I know. Not- Isn't it such a nice day in SoCal? We're blessed, right? It is. <laughs> it is hot yesterday. Today is supposed to be a little bit cooler, thankfully. Joining us on Just Talking is Kevin Neighbors, writer, actor, director of a new play, Versatile, stories from inside the closet of a half-black gay man. And let's not forget... TikTok sensation Alexandra K is our strike accord artist. <laughs> also, don't forget to check out our brand new podcast series, Off the Fret, featuring the Blowies as our inaugural guest. More music, more music talk. All right, Marissa, it's time to rock and roll. All right, what's good, listeners? Our guest on Just Talking is Kevin Douglas Neighbors, live on the Chris College Show, Millennial Talk Show, and we got him joining in on us right now. How's it going, Kevin? Hey! All right, there we are. Hey, no, it's all good. We're beyond stoked to have you on, brother. Um, You've got a phenomenal piece that, you know, Marissa and I were able to get a sneak peek of, and I want you to tell the CCS family what your new play, Versatile, is all about. Um, so my play Versatile Stories from Inside the Closet of a Half-Black Gay Man is about my stories growing up as a half-black gay man who was in foster care, who went to, um, ended up being adopted. But in the 90s, it was like you couldn't really adopt uh, black children, actually, in a white family without like tons of just barrier after barrier after barrier. So me and my brother sat in the same family for like a good eight years, um, just waiting for them to be like, hey, you can, you can have them. Um, and it just kind of goes from when I was a kid and what, you know, having to deal with the foster care system and not understanding why I couldn't be adopted, um, to, you know, classmates, I grew up in a white community and they'd be like, what are you? <laughs> and I'd be like, Kevin, I don't, what? Right. Like, what are you? Um, Kevin. Oh no. I mean like ethnically. Right. And then they like put, I had an Afro, so they put like pens and coins in my hair and things and I wouldn't know because I couldn't really feel it <laughs> but then I started to be able to feel it uh, and when we you know move forward as I start to you know grow up and become an adolescent and you know um, being a black man in a white community people would you know t- call me the n-word on on the way home from school and they would um, you know just kind of be overall dicks and then you know you have the media with all of the stuff that was going on in the I mean, I'm an adolescent at this point, but like 2010, 2011, 12, wow. nine with, you know, Obama being elected. Like it was a big deal. That was high school era. Yeah. Right. <laughs> For you, right? right. I was like, and I, I'll never forget like uh, uh, a lot of, so I have news segments in my show where like I play these two news characters. It's a solo show. So it's me playing 30 plus characters. And uh, I have these news segment characters that like are essentially Fox News. I call them the real folks news. It's really, really <laughs> fun. My favorite characters and all of the clips are pulled from like things that I, I researched. And I was like, hmm, let's see, what were people saying back then? And so I say the words verbatim. Um, and uh, one of the things that the pe- that people would say is, is the ready- world ready for a black president? And I'd be like, yes. Are we, I don't, I know, but it was confusing to me, you know, so there's stories about that. Um, and then, you know, as you grow up, racism um, is, it looks one way when you're a little kid and it looks another way when you start to grow older, right? And people get a little bit more aggressive at first. It's like kind of, kind of confusion and isolation and, you know, relegation, if you will. Right. Or 
and you and, and you raised that uh real clearly right in the beginning of your piece actually because you say in versatiles <laughs> that you still perceived black <laughs> yeah and uh, how do you want to be perceived as i guess the answer to that is um first and foremost i want to be perceived as kevin right like i am i am uh i say to my show i'm a mixed bag of identity right and like a lot of that is both like I'm confused, but it's also like no, I am I'm gay, I'm black, I'm masculine, I'm feminine, I'm white, I'm so many different things, and so um, how I want to be identified is a you know a mixed black man or just but a man. But it's also Kevin, my understanding that you call yourself the white sheep. Oh yeah, <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> so, so you know, I mean, like my uh, my. It, this is more within the black community than my own family because I was born, you know, or I was born and then put into a white family. But my brother, he, I mean, he's darker than me by like several shades. Like he's the color of like a good dark mahogany, right? Uh, and so I'm like the white sheep of our family because he's darker. I ended up meeting my uh, biological family later in life. And even among them, I mean, I got a little sister, I got an older sister, and I got my big brother who grew up with me because we were we were actually fostered together. Um, and uh, but tell me this though, Kevin, yeah. why was this so important for you to express this in your play? Because as you keep mentioning, you know, yeah. you were raised in the foster system, growing up as a white parent. What does the CCS family need to know, and the and the viewers who go and see your one man show? Why was this so important to express in this play? Um, because, you know, we walk around, uh, black men and women, we walk around and we are, we're looked at, we're trying to figure out, right, the darker you are, the, usually the more like intense, like aggressive stares you'll get, like people are scared of you. For me, people try and just figure me out. Like, what are you? Um, I still, some people still follow me around, especially in more rural areas, they'll follow me around in stores, or they'll just kind of like stare and it's, it's an, it's invasive, right? And then on top of that, I mean, um, for me personally, like I know within the black community, I get, uh, you know, people like, oh, you're a white, bright, you're, you're light, bright, you're, you're white skin, yada, yada, yada. And the thing, the truth is that doesn't mean that I don't face some of the same obstacles that they do. I still had discrimination within the school system. I still got, I mean, I have a whole scene in my play where um, I took like four different times that I was stopped by the police in my vehicle and kind of put them together to make one piece that can represent what that feels like. And I mean, they still pull a gun out when I reach for my my ID in my backpack, you know. And so there's just like a lot of things that happen um, that are, are ridiculous. I'll never forget one time I was with my brother and uh, he got he, he had I like left and he got stopped by the police. They thought that he had robbed a liquor store mm -hmm. and they held him at gunpoint and they sat up one of our white friends first to be like, hey, what happened? Did you rob this liquor store? The victim was kept down. Um, and so those those are realities. We walk with them every day. We Google black community in X place before you go there. Um, even with being gay, you Google like, hey, I'm, I'm gonna go vacation in Europe. Is the city that I'm going to okay for queer people or black people? And so that's why I need to communicate it. And you had, a, you know, I just wanna go quickly back a little bit. We had a guest on here, Baby Byron. So that law you were talking about, about white people not being able to adopt black children was because of him. He was actually really big in the news. He was yeah. centered on that. Now that you experienced that same thing, do you feel that 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 law at the time is fair because you didn't have black experiences? You yeah, don't you know, know what that is to be black. That's a that good is, question. That's a really good question. And I still struggle with it. I mean, uh, should there be an outright ban on it? 
No. Should they do their best to, uh, I mean, they were right. The Blacks, this all started the Black Social Workers Organization. We talked about my show in the 1970s. Uh, they were adamant, like you're, uh, it's called, they called it cultural genocide, yeah. which it is. Look at me, listen to my voice. I sound like a white boy, right? And like, why is that? You know, because I wasn't raised in, in a black family. Does that make me less of a human or less black? In my opinion, no. Yeah, but um, I think they should do everything they can. They should uh, create programs to encourage black communities to adopt and foster within yeah. the black community. Um, and what they do now, which is good, is when my parents got me, they, they didn't get any training, education, anything. I, the first thing they do now when you say, hey, uh, I have a black child that I'm fostering, they go, okay, here's an entire like 18 hour course that you have to take that teaches you about hair, that teaches you about racism. How to do your hair. Yeah. Like how, how to do a black person's hair is so <laughs> different than mine. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And I know we're gonna be tackling a lot of the themes in Versatile, but it, it is my understanding that you implemented slam poetry into this piece. And for anyone like me who has no clue what slam poetry is, let us know what's good. What, okay. what is this? <laughs> so slam poetry is when you speak with words and rhythm without cadence but the, no without perpetuating rhyme and cadence is the focus and you talk like this sort of that's like what you think <laughs> is. but it takes on different forms like i have um i kind of did my own twist on it but i discovered i met i i uh, found this guy uh anthony mcpherson on on facebook and instagram if you don't know who he is look him up he's freaking brilliant um and i was like wow i want to do that i'm gonna do that he's mixed black and so I have this whole like piece that I open up with slam poetry and then we go all the way through and there's little segments where I'll stop and I'll do slam poetry to sort of explain what's going on within myself, what's going on outside of myself, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and the reason why I do that is because being mixed black or just black in general as well is such a complex thing. There's so many uh, frustrating, um, confusing things that happen to us and to be able to put that in the scene without making it be like that person is bad that person is good blah, 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 blah. you have to go beyond the scene and you and poetry for me was the access point to be able to explain what that experience is like um, and like I have the top piece is like um, how does it go it goes um, okay I'm, I'm like a light switch with the dimmer light skin black cap white in love with blink 182 just not in front of my black friends in love with big sean and soldier boy just not in front of my white friends and i love lady gaga just not in front of my straight friends <laughs> also i love chick-fil-a just not in front of my gay friends and then it goes into like serious like uh, it's a mixed bag of identity emotion and complexity i can't love me traumatized by a political existence and able to make sense of who i am Right. So it's just that kind of. But I know Marissa and I, you know, because Marissa, you're very much in the theater world and we both well, raised this question, right? Yeah. Well, the whole thing, I think I love slam poetry. Alex Alfaro, who has his piece out there right now that just got done with uh, uh, Center uh, Theater. The yeah. thing about slam poetry that I love is that it takes an emotion and anger, uh, the disassociation that you're trying to muddle through your brain and it comes out in your authentic voice. Yeah. I love slam poetry. Yeah. And is that why you also, because I know you're talking about why you used it versus the scene performances, but is it that also that that struggling of emotion is also why you used it? 
Yeah, because I mean, it's, it allows you to just fully express in every part of yourself. Your body comes into it too. Like if you ever look up slam poetry battles um, or competitions, I mean, they'll do groups, they'll do singles and they'll be like, and all over. Like I have my favorite part, one of my favorite parts, there's a couple is uh, actually it's a slam poetry scene between me and my, my adopted father where he's, I mean, he wasn't great on the race front. Like back then things were horrible and white people were woke. Yeah, even though we're not really woke now, <laughs> we have some work to do. True. But uh, they, uh, they, uh, the whole scene. I'm like going back and forth with my dad, where he's like, he's like, uh, black men are thugs, Kevin, prone to crime. They're criminals. Dad, black like me, criminals like me. What about me? No, not like you, son. You were raised different. God's purpose for you and our family. Blah 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 blah. And I just rhyme off of him, and it's like this cool thing. And um, there's like motion in it where I'm, you know covering my eyes, doing actions, and it's just a full body experience. And I know, uh, I noticed this real quickly with you. I noticed the shirt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, got, you, got, you got the Lion King shirt on, and that is a, a quite a theme in Versatile because I know there was a particular line that you said right in the beginning where you say the only connection that you have with Africa and Black people is Lion King. Explain yeah. to the listeners how so and what yeah. that means to you. <laughs> So uh, I don't explicitly say it in my show. I just throw it in there from the beginning. You do. You throw it in our face. And I, I, yeah. I wasn't sure whether that was a joke, a pun, or were you were you literal about it? I mean, what, what are your thoughts well, on it? <laughs> so what I do is like the very opening scene, I like come into the space and I'm like, wait, 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 wait. And um, this character that I titled a baboon, right? Like Rafiki, okay, themes. And she's like, that's just the question. The question is, who are you? Uh, I don't know. And, and all throughout it. So like the whole, uh, I have a lion, a hyena and a baboon. The hyena represents like this like fighting and it has like a voice that sounds like this and is always criticizing my choices and questioning my own identity. And then a lion that's like very slow and talks to me to guide me to where I need to go. And, um, the reason I have it there is because as I was growing up, first off, the first thing that I came to my foster family with was a uh, Simba and what is it, Nala doll. Me and my brother had the opposites, right? And that's all we had, right? And some clothes, obviously. And so when I was growing up, Lion King was like, like, this is Lion King. This is Africa. This is where you are from. Welcome. Watch this movie. It's and sad that Marissa and I are both laughing at this because yeah. we just it's know so how true it is. The worst part is I, I, I heard <laughs> people say that. Like, oh, look at how beautiful Africa is. This is all you need to know. This yeah, is that's all you know. The whole continent. Yeah, there's happy lions. You deal with a couple of hyenas. <laughs> Believe it or not, the people in Africa are not animals. Like, literally. Um, and then, you know, one of the things that, that was considered Black culture back in, like, the 90s, and it really wasn't because um, they had the whole Broadway show and everything. And even to this day, like what, 2021 is the year we're in? I can't remember anymore. And- uh, COVID. <laughs> it is, yeah. Disney, COVID, like, where, where am I? <laughs> Disney, on Disney Plus during uh, Black History Month this year, put the original Lion King on under their Black culture uh, playlists. And I was like, mm, that's not Black culture. And back then that was, it was just a, a point for me. But let me ask you this because you are on the topic of black culture and i know um a lot of people a lot of the times because i know in your play you emphasize how skin color and the different shades of black throughout your whole piece but 
have you because this is a, a common talking point that's being discussed more frequently in 2021 where it's like if we stop describing each other by our race gender and sex would there be less division and i wanted to throw this at you because i i don't know if you remember this or have you ever seen this but morgan freeman has an infamous interview with 60 minutes this was back in 2005 where he states the following quote you're gonna relegate my history to one month which month is white history month end quote so is this an outdated mindset from baby boomers um yes and no i mean obviously in my reality is that i walk through the world differently than you and any other white man that walks through and and i walk through differently than anybody who has darker skin than i do so to say it doesn't matter and we shouldn't label each other yeah we shouldn't label each other in the sense that this is your camp this is my camp this is your camp we should have camps and bring each other together right but we can't just erase the fact that my history and ancestors come from slavery and that hasn't been corrected yet um, yeah, right. there are some people i know black people um who have had experienced less racism in their lives than me and i know people who have experienced more um i forget the name of the the actor but he was on captain america he's the new captain america oh yeah yeah, yeah. he said that he's never really experienced racism before mm -hmm. and so did so did like snoop dogg and one i find that kind of hard to believe Right. And two, um, even if that's the case, other people still are, and we can't ignore the fact that it happens. And it reminds me of the theater terms. So you have, uh, you know, colorblind casting, which is infamous in Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. um, and then you also have color conscious casting. Mm -hmm. Or you got Marvel films. <laughs> we're starting to hear and, and directors really inspire that i mean there's a great thing black um, acting methods where uh justin amica comes in and talks about you know how how he and color con you know color con uh color blind casting how he felt he had to play white and i wish we could talk about this more but i know we only got a couple minutes and i did want to bring this uh this talking point in because you just hit it on the head we're still dealing with a lot of this stuff today and like literally you, uh, last weekend uh we all know the situation surrounding the baby which even prompted a response from elton john like when elton john comes into the mix you know that we all need to take our you know put our glasses on and really focus in on this and i really wanted to know what your thoughts are on the homophobic slur that the baby was using during his uh rolling louds performance yeah. in miami last weekend well the black community is notorious for homophobia. Mm -hmm. So uh, I am not surprised and it is something that we are actively working on within our community. Um, you know, I, we have little Nas with the whole kissing thing and um, I mean, find a black rapper that made it. Do you think when Little Nas X pushes the envelope in his music videos that that kind of helps bring change to the black community? I do, I think he's saying fuck you. I'm sorry for my language, but no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> saying, hey, you know what? This is bullshit. Uh, that is very genuine. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Tell us more, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. and that's and that's kind of what I try to do with my show too. Is is be like I'm not sorry. And mainly, this one is pointed towards the white community more than the black community. But at the end, I have some stuff where I'm like, let's talk about our colorism within our own community. Uh, it exists but we shouldn't be attacking each other from the inside because how can we rise up when we're still fighting amongst ourselves? Black is black is black is black. Yeah. What do you Support think about, 
what do you think about your thoughts on T.I. coming to DaBaby's defense when he wrote oh. on Instagram, if Lil Nas X can kick his shit in peace, so should DaBaby hashtag equality. Because you have DaBaby who's promoting homophobia. Yeah. You know, I didn't even understand what that meant. Hashtag equality. The black community is, is homophobic. Mm-hmm. Shut it down. But isn't Shut it down. sad no. that in 2021 we s- still must educate the youth that not just gay men can contract HIV and AIDS? Like, isn't that a problem? I mean, we already have sex ed classes going into middle school. Why are we so ignorant? I mean, does this show how fragile our masculinity is in 2021? Yeah, yeah that's you know, actually, I work with the Kennedy Center American College Theater Festival, and one of the things I'm really um, excited about is promoting uh, white male artists to create works that talk about toxic masculinity and white privilege in a way that is critical um, and not critical towards like as a negative, but critically analyzing. And I, fi- and I find that amazing, Kevin. I know, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but we got like literally 30 seconds and it's and I wanna do you service and let the CCS family know what's good. Where can they check out your one man show versus so, Find me on Instagram first off, follow me, Kevin underscore neighbors on Instagram, that's it. And then uh, you can also find a good page. And then in my bio link, there is a page to my uh, Fringe Festival where I'm a scholarship recipient for uh, Community Impact. And Perfect. you can get my tickets there. There's three dates. Um, you can stream it or you can come in person. So wherever you are, you can access this um, and just buy your tickets there. Hey, that's what's good. You know the drill. Go and follow him right after the show. You know what? Just do it during the half hour, Mark. Kevin Neighbors, thank you again thank for joining you. the Chris College Show Millennial Talk Show. And we cannot wait to check out your one-man piece. Wow. Uh, much success, brother. We'll thank talk you. in the future. Bye. Peace. All right, what's good, listeners? Joining us on Strike Accord is our guest, which she's a TikTok sensation. This is Alexandra Kay, is live on the Chris Collins Show, Millennial Talk Show. Also, don't forget to check out our brand new podcast series, Off the Fret, featuring the Blowies as our inaugural guest. More music, more music talk. Out now, wherever you listen to your podcast, we don't care. We don't We don't judge you. <laughs> but we got Alexandra with us. And how you doing, fam? Hi, I'm good. How are you guys? We are fabulous. You look fabulous. I can feel the energy already. And let's just get it rocking and rolling. Yeah, and congrats on your upcoming marriage, real quickly. Because I know you're what a lucky man. High school sweetheart and everything. I mean, what dude, what a guy. What a guy. He's so lucky. But it's not about him right now. It's about you. (laughs) (laughs) And let's get the ball rolling, okay? Because at the age of 15, you were a competitor by nature. You were playing for a nationally ranked softball team and then eventually you turned down college scholarships to pursue a career in music and I don't know about you my first reaction was did your parents have a heart attack when they first heard this because what motivated you to become a singer and songwriter they did I mean anybody who knows oh, be honest about- did they really did they I really? mean 
club sports are expensive and they put absolutely every dime that they could into making sure that we were on the best teams, trained with the best people. We played all year round. We'd play indoor softball on uh, during the winter time on like turf, um, which was different. I mean, we had colleges out there by the time we were 16 years old that couldn't talk to us, but they were watching. It was very, very intense. And so for me to come in and be like, I'm going to be the only one of the family that doesn't take these scholarships. And actually, I don't think I'm going to go to college right away. They were like, what? Yeah, because it's it's my understanding that early on in your career in 2012, you linked up with Nelly out of all people to start producing music that you created enough buzz to sign your own uh, independent record deal. Your first, I believe. But Yes. Let, tell the listening audience, how in the world did you link up with Nelly? I mean, obviously he knows that something's getting hot in here, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, like <laughs> that's great. Um, yeah, actually, as soon as I decided that I wasn't going to go straight to college, my parents were like, well, you better get to it. Um, you've got, they gave me a time limit. I believe it was a year. Um, to really start making moves, start making some money as a musician um, and really just kind of show them that I was serious about it. Otherwise I would need to find some, you know, go get my own place and, you know, move out. Um, or I needed to go to college, one of the two. So I just, basically I was working at the Four Seasons Hotel. I was a hostess in their restaurant at the time. And there was a couple different guys that worked in the hotel that also had, were rapping on the side. And so I linked up with them and I started oh. like just singing their hooks for free. I was like, don't, I just want to get into it. They introduced me to more people, more people, more people. That's how wow. I ended up networking. Yeah. And then, you know, met Nelly and did some stuff with him. And then, awesome. um, ended up signing a deal. So yeah, it was just all through networking and I just had to get out there and make my own connections and put myself I in love there. that message. You really yeah. need to go out there and That's see cool. the people, especially when we get out of this COVID nonsense, mm -hmm. you really got to take the charge that Alexandra Kay is doing because I think that is such a powerful message for up and coming artists around the world. Sure. And I know that we're going to be playing you your latest single, I Kind of Don't, and you sing the following chorus and I kind of want to hate you kind of would be you kind of wish i never had to meet you in this bar because now i see what he sees what in the world do you do you mean when you sing because now i see what he sees <laughs> so i had a boyfriend um for a couple of years and we did the long distance thing we ended up breaking up couldn't do it anymore he was in the air force and so um we broke up while he was still over in new mexico he ended up dating another girl with my same name actually and i and i really <laughs> like did not oh, no. no, I didn't get your name tattooed. My dad got a T on his <laughs> arm. So he kept dating women named with a T. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh my no. God. <laughs> well, you know what, Marissa? I think we should just let the music speak for itself. <laughs> this is Alexandra Kay's track, I Kinda Don't, which reached the number one spot on iTunes Country Songs chart independently. Congrats. Hear this song right now. It's so good. <laughs> so good.
Alexandra K had a cool down, <laughs> get real soapy. <laughs> that is an amazing music video. And we just want to let the listening audience know that you're listening to Strike a Chord, where if you physically or digitally pick up those records, you're going to know these tracks. And Alexandra, the next track that we're going to be playing on the Chris Collins Show Millennial Talk Show is Dive Bar Dreamer, which I believe sums up your musical <laughs> career uh, and your overall message to young people around the world to never give up on your dreams. Mm -hmm. And talk to me about how you became a dive bar dreamer who grew overnight success on TikTok with over 1.8 million followers. It's insane. That's it, 2 million today. And, oh wow, gosh, thank well, congrats. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I, honestly, the dive, dive bar dreamer is just the story of climbing. Um, I wrote it about myself, about my journey, and just um, every dive bar across the country that gave me a chance, um, that would just let me play, whether it was for little to no more money, little to no people. I've literally played a bar in Kentucky, one of my first shows I ever had, where not a single person walked in the entire <laughs> night. I played for the, for the bartender. I mean, I've gone from playing to absolutely no one for no money to getting to play for audiences that sing my songs back to me. And that's really the story of Dive Bar Dreamer and just never giving up no matter how hard it gets and believing it in yourself. Doesn't no it almost else. sound to the same resemblance of like even yourself, right? I mean, I, I, what I was seeing from you, you started off doing like even, you know, country covers, even on social media. You're mm -hmm. not necessarily playing to anyone. You're hoping that someone sees you. And did right. you feel like with that kind of experience of playing to a bartender that it gave you that kind of confidence to be able to have that social media fandom that you have today? 
Absolutely. I really just, and anybody who asks me, you know, how do I start this? I really love to sing. I really love to write music. How do I start? I said, you have to put yourself out there and you have to not care what people think. That is the only way that you're going to be able to get yourself in front of enough eyes for them to want to pay attention and listen to what you've got coming out next. So anybody who's listening, who's wanting to get a start, just do it. That is literally the only thing that I can say. I love that. And I know you have a line in your track, Dive Bar Dreamer, where you sing, she spends her days writing songs that the labels <laughs> don't want to hear. And she spends her nights playing for tips and beer. And you know her well, cause she's standing right here. She's a dive bar dreamer. I love that. It gives me kind of chills. And you know, you kind of already hit it on the head, but it's like, is playing as many live shows as you possibly can the way to go, even during COVID? Like, I mean, is that the number one thing that you need to focus on? Or like, I know people are experiencing the, the live streams. Do you think it's so important to put a face to that voice nowadays in 2021? Well, I think that it's just keeping going, keeping moving, keeping busy. So whether that's writing, getting out and playing for your fans, getting out to playing for people who don't know you, I think that you become a better performer every single time you step on and off that stage. You learn something new. You discover something new about yourself. You push yourself to a new limit, whether it's uh, you know, how high you can sing or whether it's how long you can go without taking a breath, you know, um, and, and you really learn from all of those experiences. So I would say live performance is so, so important, whether you're scared or not get out and do it. You're going to get better with every single show. I love that message. And with over 5 million collective streams on Alexandra K's independent releases, let's go ahead and play that track right now. This is called dive bar dreamer nope wrong one hold on <laughs> your personal live on live stream <laughs> there we are From the constant rejection, you're good, but she's better. Just keep keeping on. But if it's alright, I'd like to sing you home a song about a dive bar dreamer in her dime store boochies. Constant believer and always sticking to her roots. She spins her days writing songs at the labels. Don't wanna hear And she spends her nights Playing for tips and beers And you know her well Cause she's standing right here She's a She's been 
right now to be listening to us on strike accord where if you physically or digitally pick up these records you're gonna know these tracks and that was alexandra k's track die bar dreamer holy moly and i know when i was speaking with you yesterday you gave me some time to uh, speak with you uh for a few minutes and i know you were beyond stoked to talk about your upcoming tour because to me just feeling it from you and your energy this was almost like an f you to the old school music industry moguls who say if you go on tour you're not going to become successful just because of the following that you have on social media spotlights on you girl you have the mic what do you want to let them know what's good <laughs> you know i really feel like when the label started coming in as soon as i put out i kind of don't it charted obviously my inbox was kind of flooded at that point and i started taking meetings and at that point i had no team around me and my dog wanted to come in and say hi i guess <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, but i had i had no team around me and so i was taking all of these meetings by myself and it was very difficult and one thing that i kept noticing throughout the time of taking these meetings was well you don't have this 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 or this so what i decided to do was just start checking off those boxes okay you don't i don't have this we're gonna make that happen i don't have this we're gonna make that happen and one of those last boxes was that people didn't really feel like I was going to be able to sell tickets off of my social media following alone. So we went out on the first leg of the In Real Life tour, me, Cooper Allen, and Thomas Mack, and we ended up selling out seven of the nine shows. Yeah, what so a killer lineup in the, in the country music world. And I think that's what is so cool because I will admit this, and I, I probably admitted this like uh, numerous times on the Chris Collins show, I'm not the craziest fan of modern day country music, sure. but you make storytelling in country country music so refreshing and i think with what you're doing with your vocal tones and everything I, I i haven't heard that today and much kudos to that because i think Thank that you. is phenomenal and i love your latest track how do we go as it speaks on the mantra in your own words when you sing how do we go from bad to good or no, you didn't sing you said this right you said yeah. how do we go from bad to good instead of how did we go from good to bad and let the ccs family know exactly what you mean by this 
So whenever I got in the room, I remember, I remember like sitting in my house before I went back to Nashville and just coming up with this, how do we go concept? And at first it was exactly how I always think, which is ballad, sad. How did we get here? I'm so, you know, I'm so devastated that we're here. And so we got into the room with Matt Wynn and Lizzie Cates who helped me co-write the track. And Matt was like, let's bring it, let's bring it to something more light. Like let's show the light at the end of the tunnel that we can get here. We just have to believe in it. We have to work really hard because isn't that we've all been through this. You know, it doesn't matter if it, it doesn't matter if it ends your relationship or not. We've all been there. We've all felt a pull, whether it's distance or somebody goes on nights and the other's working days, or you're just not syncing up. And, uh, that's we more rele relevant today, right? right? I mean, that's more right. relevant. I mean, I think with what your music does, it, it, it can relate to any kind of situation in our lives. And I find that so special. And I know that we're about to be playing you that track right now, live on the Chris College Show Millennial Talk Show. And we're beyond stoked because this is a phenomenal track. This Thank song's you. called How Do We Go? Say you're beautiful I would laugh cause I was uncomfortable Now I'd give anything just to hear that again I remember nights would sleep so close I could feel you breathing soft and slow And I'd give anything just to feel that again I wanna get on track to getting us back Just tell me begin how do we go from rust to shine just getting it done to getting it done right not talking it up passing you in the hall to needing to hear you say good night i gotta know is it worth the fight should I just let it go and try to change your mind is a chapter about to start or the book about to close how do we go
you gotta love it. That is Alexandra K, and that is her track, How Do We Go? And for the list the CCS family and the listening audience that is tuning on into YouTube Live and checking us out, you know, on our podcast later on in the future. I know we're sp- we're speaking in the future <laughs> right now. Where can they follow you on social media? You guys can follow me at Alexandra K Music. That's my TikTok and my Instagram, and then Alexandra K on Facebook as well. And I'm so excited that we are about to announce another leg of the In Real Life tour, taking Let's us go. to Texas, Louisiana, Georgia, Alabama. So oh tickets will be on sale on Tuesday. This is what that makes goes. me so excited to have wow. these kind of moments at the end of the show because it lets us all know the return of live music is coming sooner than we know, know it. And I love it. Much success to you, and hopefully we can talk again later later on in the future and you know what Th- this is a living legend we're all speaking to right now <laughs> alexandra k thank you again for thank joining you, the Adam. chris college show millennial talk show thank you guys all right peace But we also wanted to give one last shout out again to our amazing guest for joining us. That is Kevin Neighbors. Go ahead and check out his one man show. It's called Versatile Stories from Inside the Closet of a Half Black Gay Man. And also, let's not forget TikTok sensation Alexandra K as our Strike Accord guest. And who is next week's guest? With an- you know, I, I, I'll be on stuff for this. I mean, we're getting so blessed with this show. We got a full house again. So, I mean, get ready to jump in that fun house. <laughs> because our just talking is Catherine Barnes. She's an actor and writer of a new comedic musical called Yes, No, Maybe So. And also, our strike accord guest is High Energy Rock and Rollers. Punk Rock Factory will be joining us live next week. So, we're beyond stoked. And also, don't forget to check out our brand new podcast series called Off the Fret, featuring the Blowies as our inaugural guest. More music, more music talk. And if you like what you're listening to, go to the Chris Collins Show Millennial. T- I'm saying Millennial Talk Show. Just go to the website, chriscollinshow.com, and become a member today, and you can get that free CCS t-shirt. For now, stay blessed. Move that soul train. I know things can get tough during, you know, another potential lockdown, but you got this, fam. Do your part. Wear your face thong, and enjoy the weekend, fam. Peace. The Chris Collins Show presents Music Storm 2021, hosted by Chris Collins and Marissa Pitts, featuring... Tiana Kutcher. Some daggers wear red. Desmond Walker. Dulos. Saturn till June. YT will. It feels good to be the bad guy. Walk these shoes, you'll see why. Look at things from both sides. Ain't nothing like the. Easy, man. One thug, one thug. Lord, show a little mercy on one thug. The Phoenix with Ben. There's more weight in my words than you give me. Chloe Wilder. Jonas and I. Came.
the south. South, run that in my mouth. An animal son. So tell me how do you see reasons to carry on? Music Store 2021. Available on YouTube Live. Peace. Our brand new podcast off the fret. I love it. It's more time to chat. <laughs> Hello. You look so jazzy. I love your outfit. How far would you go to start playing live music again? This slaps harder than my ex when she got her stimulus check. So, um, <laughs> so um, are you here to bring the sexual healing with your music? Oh, everything is everything, and I guarantee you're going to hear this song in the future. I love the flow, man. Politically charged album. So if you get easily offended, this might not be the album for you. Brand new podcast off the fret. So excited. Um, has Kim Kardashian accidentally sent you a coochie shot? Do you want to stay there? It's completely your choice. Or you want to? <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. And you know what I love? Off the fret. More music, more music talk. Peace. <laughs>